Hi, I'm Erin Marcus, former corporate executive turned entrepreneur and founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business. Welcome to the Ready Yet podcast. We're excited to bring you more than 100 episodes of interviews and insights designed to help entrepreneurs get the financial and emotional freedom they need in order to build a business and a life they're proud of. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. And this is going to be fun because so you know how they're always saying it's a small world. It's a small world. It's a small world. Well, Brandon and I are having this conversation this morning as we're getting to know each other and prepping for this conversation. And what do we realize in this giant, giant city of Chicago? My brother used to go to your coffee shop like he is still texting me who he knows from there, how often he's there. He's still going there. The new owners moved it. Such a small world. And as we were discussing, what you do in your business right now is um, very much in my frame of reference from what I used to work on in corporate. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. Before we get into it, why don't you give everybody a more formal introduction to who you are and what you do? Yeah, Aaron. Uh, first off, I like I said, I was doing some research and I was like, we have how many friends in common? Like 35 friends in common. Why don't we know each other? <laughs> uh, and I don't live in Chicago anymore. I live in, in Ohio. And so I was okay. like, all right, 35 people. Uh, who are these people and how do I know them? And then we, again, in the pre-conversation, just chatting and saying what I do with the coffee shop used to and uh come to find out your um your brother like goes next door to our shop right. all the time old old shop so old anyway shop. right um, his kids go to school right down the block from where your shop yeah. was and he's a big coffee person so yeah. so i probably served him coffee many times in my former life there you uh, go. and so uh, a little bit about me is we are my wife and i are, are business owners together uh, we both are activists. So we started uh, the coffee shop because we wanted to change the world, make a difference in um, the South Loop of Chicago while also impacting uh, coffee farmers. So mm. we started that. We did not have any rich relatives. We did not know a lot about money. We were idealistic entrepreneurs who thought anything could happen and it'll be easy and and we'll make a lot of money. Uh, because everybody loves coffee, but what um, could possibly go wrong? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And and the thing is, is everything possibly went wrong um, in business, and and you have to be a little bit of idealistic uh, to get in in the first place. What but, do you, I want to back up for one second as you say that? What did you do before? Do you guys have a job background, or were you always entrepreneurs? Yeah. Uh no, I I was in IT. Uh, working downtown Chicago. And then my wife was a grant writer uh, oh, wow. for a nonprofit. And then we took the plunge to start this brick and mortar business, which was uh, a big pay cut uh, for us, um, for sure. And, you know, well, one that- of the things I learned was we are we are last to get paid uh, all the time, you know, tips from the tip jar. That's how I ate sometimes. And, and people are like, yeah, but you love it. Um, uh, like, yeah, but, yeah, I still but I'd love to, to have a good meal. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward seven years later, uh, we were, um, 
we had a flood in the business, literally a, oh, wow. the roof was off and, um, and a freak storm happened, flood happened. Uh, my, uh, this was nuts. Literally my staff's calling me saying, uh, the store's falling apart. You need to come like here right physically. now. Not and just I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, um, yeah, he's being a little dramatic. Um, but then I saw the video and I was like, oh crap. Yeah. Um, and luckily we had some contingency capital in mm -hmm. place in case something happened, um, which was super important because at that point in time, we found out that we were, um, well, we didn't know until a month or two later, but during the flood, my wife was two months pregnant. Oh, she wow. Didn't, she, did, she didn't know. She just um, thought it was stress, right? She, yeah, yeah. All those crazy physical feelings and not feeling well, clearly stress. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Of course, of course. So then, wow. then we find out and we're like, hmm, um, well, now we have a baby coming. We can't do the things of entrepreneurship like we did well, previously. Especially when you have a brick and mortar and a coffee shop, you were yeah. there 24 seven, I imagine. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, quite, quite regularly. Uh, yeah. I, I learned it through some of the pains to at least have some downtime mm -hmm. and make sure I'm, I'm taking care of myself, which a lot of business owners don't do that. No. Um, and if you don't do it proactively, it will, you know, it will happen either way. You can just do it on your terms or wait until you crash. Yeah. But it'll kill you. Like literally. literally. And it, it almost did kill me, uh, which I might get into, but um then after that, uh, I had learned about this concept of infinite banking, um, did not know that it was a uh, divisive topic, uh, infinite banking. I just knew it was super helpful for me as a business owner to have access to capital and to protect my biggest asset, me uh, mm -hmm. and my wife, uh, because if something happened to one of us, we're sunk. Right. So, so this, this concept made sense for us as business owners. And then we sold the business and my mentor, uh, between selling the business, I, I asked if I could work for him and he said, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? No, I, I like this. I keep sending you clients. And he's like, no, you're, you're too entrepreneurial. I don't, I don't think this is going to work out. I was like, Okay, thanks. But now, now what am I going to do? I'm going to go get a job, I guess, because I have a baby coming. Baby. Um, what do I do? And and that was hard to to start think thinking. Go get a job, and you're an entrepreneur, business owner. Um, then he comes back to me a few months later and says, "I have an idea. How about you and your wife do this together?" Hmm. And and I'll train you and you guys create your own agency. I was like, that sounds good because my wife's not going to get a, be able to get a job. No one's going to hire a seven month. Right. It's, you can't exactly woman. hide it at that point. Right. Yeah. So so we ended up uh, starting our, our new business, which we at, at the time called it Grandma's Wealth Wisdom. Uh, the tagline was uh, sometimes intelligent skips a generation. Um, I love it. <laughs> because it was all about saving versus investing by like building stable foundations. And if you look at our world right now, our world is not very stable. It's very chaotic. And I think it was 
by design uh, sometimes and, and saying, okay, how do I help build stability for people? And that's, that's where grandma's wealth wisdom came. We've now, and met- I have to say, <laughs> one of the things I love about that is so I, you know, I know that one of the things that you know about and practice is profit mm-hmm. first, this concept of profit okay. first, which from my very basic understanding is buckets, right? Accounts, yeah. different buckets, different accounts for different buckets. And when I started babysitting at maybe 10 or 11 years old, which is an entirely different topic that at 10 years old, I was in charge of other people's toddlers, like yay for the seventies. Right. Um, But that's what my grandmother taught me to do. I had envelopes. I had envelopes in my drawer and they were labeled. And as I would come home from babysitting with my three dollars or whatever it was i would put those dollars in different envelopes and one was for savings and one was for spending and as i got older i you know because i'm of the age where i was well post college when electronic banking and atms came out but as i got older and even once i turned 16 and would get a paycheck and then you go to the cash you go to the uh, currency exchange and cash your paycheck and I was there, I was 17, 18 years old and still using my envelopes. The the names on the envelopes got fancier because now it was car insurance, yeah. not candy, but it was the still the same concept. Yeah. And, and I think that again, what happened in the, and this is again, going into some of the financial foundations, uh, we became, what do you call it? Back in the day, grandma's generation, we were savers, right? Uh, Then we became more spenders and we became where the market changed, right? Right. It was all about consumption. Like that's what is shown as success in the S&P 500. How much are we consuming? Mm -hmm. Um, And and from a health standpoint, this this is again why I think we're in a really bad place. and this is something I don't know if you're into health or any of that stuff, but um, if you keep eating, you, you're going to get fat, right? If you keep eating and eating and eating and eating and growing and growing, you can only consume so much, right? Right. Yes. Before it's a problem. Absolutely. And then if you eat a lot, they'll just put you on some medications and tell you, here's the medication, take this and you'll be okay. Right. Right. When we don't look back and say, well, how did I get here? Well, you know what? What I need to do is uh, lower my intake of food and go to the gym. Right. Right. And choose wisely over what you're putting in. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, the economy is almost the same way. Mm -hmm. Right. And we do the exact same things. And then we say, well, if we lower the interest rate or increase the interest rate, that'll solve the problem. Whereas it's maybe it's just entirely reactive, right? It's, it's entirely reactive. well, and it's yeah. interesting because one of the things that you're talking about is something that I've been talking about. Not only have I been looking at this in my own business, but I've been talking to my clients about this. Um, you cannot solve a problem in your business at the level the problem is happening. The mm-hmm. problem is an effect. 
The problem yeah. is in a fact. So by comparison in the business and the entrepreneurial world, if you don't, if you're not getting the sales that you want, you don't have any sales. You can't just hit the people in your pipeline harder, hoping to close them faster. That doesn't solve the problem. You have yep. to go the step before, the two steps before to see what is the cause that is creating this effect. And you're talking about the same thing, yep. but just in the economy, right? You cannot solve the problem of consumption yep. at the point of consumption. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that's the hardest part as business owners uh, or even content creators and all that. We're all reactive, right? And and we want quick fixes. Uh, that dopamine effect and all that other stuff. And and, and well, we were taught this. We were taught this. Yeah. So I'm 52 years old, right? So the 70s, we didn't have this as much. But by the end of the 80s and definitely in the 90s and later, Instant gratification because of technology mm -hmm. just became a thing. And now it's not just because we want it. It's because yeah. our brains think something's wrong if we don't get it. Yeah. We, we, right. We're defining the lack of instant success as a failure. Yeah. So, how are you supposed to fight? Right. So, I mean, if you look at that, if you look at not just, well, you just shouldn't want it. You shouldn't spend. That's like kind of a pat answer, right? That doesn't solve it because mm -hmm. our brains have literally been trained to tell us there's something wrong if things aren't perfect and happen instantly. Yeah. And well, that's the pattern of break. Well, and, and I think I'm going to put on my screen, my Zoom background, because I want to show you this. Uh... Uh, logo that oh, we've created. Nice. So, uh, and the reason I did this is uh, most people's financial foundations and business foundations are upside down, right? They have the little things on the bottom trying to make that bigger where they don't build the, the solid foundation, right? Yeah. They don't build the main big rock at the bottom to then be able to build up, right? And the, the reason is, I think, that building a solid foundation takes time and it takes uh, effort. It takes reflection and asking yourself those questions deeper, deeper, deeper yes. to build the foundation. Now, we want quick fixes. So you'll, you'll notice if you're building a house, sometimes that foundation work takes forever. You're like, man, are these guys actually working? Right. Uh, When's the house? Where is it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then you drive by and you're like, oh, wow, the house is there. When did the house come from? Because they, they focused on the foundation and then everything else built up. I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner looking for a proven process to help you get either a specific offer or your entire business past that six-figure mark, join us for Six Steps to Six Figures, an online live event starting on November 28th. We're going to get right to the point in an hour a day with strategies you can implement immediately for rapid results. Check out conqueryourbusiness.com for more information. See you there. 
So in your work with clients, I'm curious because of this parallel that now seems monumentally obvious, right? Because of this parallel, I know what I do with my clients when they're frustrated that they're not getting quick wins. What, how do you help somebody in the fine, just on the money side of things to change their mindset Mm -hmm. to be able to handle going against the grain, going against everything TV's telling you, going against everything Facebook's telling you, going against everything TMZ is telling you or whatever it is you're getting your information. I mean, I think that's the hardest thing and and why probably it's really hard for us to grow our YouTube channel and podcast and everything, because I'm not going to tell you, you know, if you just click on this, you're going to get X, Y, Z. And then, uh, and I think that it does require delayed gratification, right? Which is hard for humans and has only gotten harder. Well, and also we look at our some of our parents and we say, hmm, this immediate gratification that you wanted, now they're going to be paying the price, right? That's why retirements and some of that stuff is like, oh, yeah, because they didn't build the foundation. They did not save. And, and what you have to do is uh, reverse engineer. That's why I love Profit First and building Profit First system into my uh, regular rhythms. Uh, of of life, right? So we have rhythms about how we look at our money. We call it the still method. And I'll, I'll tell you about that in a minute, but we do the still method regularly and we have profit first, right? That's part of the still method. Now in the profit first system, there's a 5% goes to profit, right? And then a quarter of that or or half of that will go to me as the owner as a uh, profit distribution to me, Mm -hmm. the rest goes to there. So then I at least get to get something every quarter because of my work, right? I see the efforts. Well, and there's something true about paying yourself something, even if it starts out small, Mm-hmm. because if you're always paying yourself last with whatever quote unquote left over, it's an odd twist on a scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. It's an odd twist. Like there's never anything left over for me is the story that gets created. Yep. Which is, the opposite of an abundance mindset, but kind of buried, right? It's not as blatant as because you think you're making all these reinvestments and everything. But if you treat yourself as the leftover piece, you start exactly. to. <laughs> and that's the way uh, we've been conditioned, right? Even as business owners and entrepreneurs, uh, you know, we're the backbone of the economy, right? Supposedly. Uh, so we keep yeah, hearing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it doesn't really um, get us the results we want, and then we wonder, oh, I'm burnt out, and I, I, I that this business didn't serve me, and that's why I, I left the coffee shop thing because again, some of the things I was like, mm, I have a child now, I can't do those things, I need to make a a d- different. Well, decision. in part, 
part of the challenge, and we started this bit of this conversation before we hit record, but one of the things that I've seen over and over and over again between people who have money versus people who don't, or successful business owners versus non-successful business owners, is access to information. And I watch so many entrepreneurs and small business owners think that, for example, I'm a great photographer, so I'll just have a photography business, except you've put all your time and money and effort into learning how to be a good photographer. You've put zero time and money effort into learning how to run a business, but that's just supposed, and then you get mad at yourself and feel like a failure when that just doesn't inherently happen. Yeah. And it's the same, right? It's like, all of these business owners who have zero experience and knowledge doesn't make them bad, doesn't make them stupid, just makes them not having the experience. Yeah. But they don't want to invest the time, the money, the effort into being a good business owner. They just want to do the thing yeah. that the yeah. business does. And and I've heard people tell me, business owners, well, I don't like uh, numbers, so I'm just not going to do that. And I'm so- like, um, well... You should, <laughs> I just, uh, right. you know, and you've probably heard that before and you're like, uh, you know, and that, and that's part of the CFO role that we, we say, well, when I get big enough, then. Right. But and, you won't get we, big enough to need it if you don't look at it now. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like the exercise, you know, uh, we don't do the healthy habits right. to be able to be in the place to be able to when I'm big enough, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, um, I'm not a bodybuilder, so, but I do go to the gym regularly. Uh, so those habits are, are helpful. And so like the profit first system is building those, uh, envelopes, Mm -hmm. uh, in place that are, you know, owners pay, uh, OPEX taxes. You'd be surprised how many business owners forget that they owe taxes, well, they're running on such lean budgets that it's not even a forget. It's a wish it would go away. Yeah, which is not good. Doesn't uh, work. We've so tried. To, <laughs> Welcome you, to the state you, of Illinois. It's not going away. Exactly. That's why one of the reasons I moved to Ohio. <laughs> by the way, yes. um, and I then call profit, it the right? business. I call Illinois the business prevention state. <laughs> Oh, that's why. I mean, anyway, I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> God bless them. Um, but like you build that system and you make sure that you get paid first and you run your OPEX, your business, and on a margin, right? 30% as opposed to 150%, right. right? And the way I think about it a lot, if you don't have a plan for your money, everybody else does. Like yes. when we're in business, we're trying to get people's money, right? Right. And say we're bigger. We, you, you. Uh, this is why I provide value and blah blah blah. Right. Whatever That's, the exchange is. Yeah. And so, so question for you. Yeah. So for the people who haven't done it yet, right? Because ninety nine percent of the people I talk to are yeah. doing it. I won't say the wrong way, the default way where they're putting Mm -hmm. themselves last and they're running a business on a shoestring, but on a very, very tight, tight, tight budget. What would you give to people as advice for starting? Like to me, that doesn't get turned around in a day. 
Yeah. You you can't go from running your business on 110% OPEX to 60%. It yeah. you know, it really doesn't you'd have to like, okay, let me fire half my team, let me, you know, it most of the time the debt people are carrying would make that impossible. Anyway, but where do you suggest people start if this is yeah. starting to make sense to them? Well, the first thing, of course, I'll give a plug to my community that we have, uh, and it's wealthwisdom.mn.co. Uh, it's a small community, right? But it's talking about the financial side of of the business, mm-hmm. right? Building those those pieces. So my wife is a regular content creator. She is uh, right now creating a course on YNAB, You Need a Budget, using that system to help the entrepreneur business owner build the rhythms, right? And so being in community of other people who are trying to build the rhythms is going to help you, that your I, tribe. Absolutely. Right? So that's something we, we've we thought about as saying, okay, everybody feels siloed. Being a learner, like listening to YouTube, podcasts, whatever, and not just the Dave Ramsey stuff, right? And saying, okay, I'm going to listen to grandpa or whoever, uh, they have a different mindset than or if you're self-employed, you probably need to listen to people who are in that industry or right. in that as opposed to somebody else who's saying, well, take the company match, right? right. Uh, I'm in a small group. I'm in a men's small group. And, and I was like, yeah, I have different challenges than your company match thing. Um, because I am the company match, right? right? <laughs> Paying uh, on both sides. Right? Yeah. So, so you have to find your right tribe. So, so finding that, so be a part of the community and make the, the adjustments. So little adjustments yes. you don't make, you don't conquer Mount Everest. Um, you know, your just first because you, out, right. yeah, yeah, you train for it. So that those are things I, I think that I love that idea. And I think that's one of the reasons, you know, our brains think very much all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's scary. If you were to say to me, okay, I want you to pay yourself first and run your operations on no more than 70% of your gross. And I'm looking at my numbers, if you know if I'm even willing to do that, even if I'm not willing to do that, I have the gut feeling that I'm not only short every month, I'm tapping in a credit. So I already know I need 110%. And if you're going to tell me pay myself first, I'm going to look and say no way. So I absolutely agree. It's a, it's small, small, small steps to build the momentum and turn it all around. And if you're building a business, you want to eventually have a business that uh, not just um, you love, but loves you back. Yes. Right. And I think that that's an important thing of why are you in the business? I've told people, you know what you need to do? Just stop. Like, I feel like I'm, I'm uh, Gordon Ramsay, you know, just saying, <laughs> shut it down. Like shut literally down. I'm like, just shut it down. And, and it's a stupid and I can't do that, but I, I want to. Um and, and I think that that's a hard part and knowing that the things we think we know may not be so, right? Uh, I forget who said that, but it's an old, old uh, thing statement. And that's part of the infinite banking strategy, 
that I think about and use uh, because people are like, oh, life insurance. It's a, it's a horrible investment. I'm like, well, it's not an investment. It's my savings right. that I'm, I'm using to be able to do things in my business. Cause I used my policy uh, when, when I was saving for this thing, I used my policy to get out of high interest debt that I started with the mm -hmm. coffee shop. Um, used my policy to go to Ireland. Oh, wow. uh, it's a leveraging tool and people don't know mm -hmm. that about, you know, and, and again, going back to what we were chatting about before, when I was immersed in the financial services world, the thing that became obvious to me was the difference between people who have money and don't have money mm -hmm. is yeah. not access to products, but mm -hmm. it's access to the information on how to use the product. Yeah, right. Yeah. They don't realize they only know the default definition and the three main things that are out there. Right. Health insurance, property and casualty. And they know what life insurance is or they think yep. they know. Yep. But they don't understand. That life insurance is a financial tool, not a healthcare tool. Yeah. And that you can use it that way. Yeah, it's all about leverage and finding the right people who understand it. And I look at me as a safe money specialist. I'm not going to tell you what to risk in, what stocks to buy. I don't really even want to play in that game. But I will tell you as a cash flow management specialist and a profit first certified specialist and why I love working with business owners, you, you're, you are your greatest asset. You want to protect that asset yeah. 100%. Uh, you'd rather. And, and as a business owner, you'd rather own it than rent it, right? Uh, so that's why whole life is important, right? And then having access to capital. So that way, when the opportunities happen or the right. not so good opportunities happen, right. not opportunities, <laughs> the, the emergencies um, happen, right? Like, exactly. like, like, a, like a flood that I used my policy for, literally flood happened. I'm like, well, bills are still coming. I need to take a loan, short-term loan. Um, banks will give you the money at a cost, right? And they'll say, oh, sure, here you go, uh, 20%. Well, we we have to, again, uh, what I think a lot about is don't do what the banks tell you to do, do what the banks do. Yes. Why, why are they the most profitable business in the world? Uh, we are all in the banking business, no matter what. Uh, and you look as a as a business owner and you realize there's two people I'm paying regularly, uh, and that's the financing, right? And right. credit card fees, right? If you have a membership site, uh, Apple gets a ton, right? right. Uh, and, and Uncle Sam, I swear to God, whenever I had this shop, I was like, all right, this guy never shows up, the tax guy. <laughs> Um, and especially because you were in the city. Yes. And then, and oh. then I had a, I had a customer yell at me because of peer tax. And they're like, I demand you not to pay this or, or that this needs to change. I was like, you need to talk to your, your alderman. alderman I have no power. I wish I could. And the, the other thing is they're like, well, why are you paying food tax or whatever, any of this? And why is the uh grocery store not have that i'm like well they are it's a different differently and it's yeah different and anyway taxes was yes. a big thing so we have to think about this and 
be around people who are questioning those things. That's why I love the membership community. That's mm -hmm. why I love working with business owners and why even as I build this infinite banking thing, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But how do I uh, educate the common person? Now, now here's the fun, fun, crazy thing. The reason that people go after the rich and all that is because there's bigger premiums, right? Bigger right. amounts of money. Right. The way that we're going to change the world is, is from the ground up. And so I want to educate business owners and I want to see them thrive because majority of businesses fail. It's not because of not passion. It's because right. It's not because they didn't work hard. It's not because the yeah. people didn't work hard. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we wrote a special report and I'll just, just in with this, uh, it is, what do they call it? Five steps to secure your financial future outside of W2. Nice. Uh, and we thought a lot about this is because I, I, you know, I shouldn't have to sacrifice my future for, you know, um, for business, right? Right. right. Whatever. Right. So it's how do I build that? So if people want to continue this conversation with you and learn more about this, because I think there's just such a breadth of information available that people, one, don't know is available, but two, it's not big, scary changes. We're not telling you throw the baby out with the bathwater. We're not saying, we're not even saying most of the time, we're not even saying you're not allowed to spend any money until you, like, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that hard. But if you don't start it, it never gets there. That's why I don't like the whole like don't drink lattes thing. I used to own right. a coffee shop. Uh, <laughs> if if everybody did that, I would that would would have suffer. been out of business, right? Yeah, uh, yeah it's not I'm about like, deprivation. Yeah, so so do what you love, but in moderation. So, yeah. um, so what's the best way for people to reach out to you and continue this conversation? Get a copy of that report start turning their ship around all of the things. Yeah. So you can find me on uh, podcast, YouTube. Uh, if you look up just, just Google wealth, wisdom, financial, uh, you will find us. If you go on YouTube, type in wealth, wisdom, financial, subscribe there. If you go Perfect. to the, the podcast thing, uh, you'll, you'll do the same thing through Apple wealth, wisdom, financial. Uh, and then if you go to wealth, wisdom, FP, that's, financialpartners.com. You will see our whole website. And if you want this special report that we've created, do www.wealthwisdomfp.com slash, it's going to be a hard one, report. Report. <laughs> uh, Wealthwisdomfp.com slash report. And you're going to be able to download that special report and you really want to get that and just implement those small things, small 1% awesome. adjustments. Well, I didn't even get you, into the still methods. You so don't we'll even do have to next. get into the hard part, right? So thank you for sharing all that information. And I think that's one of the things I want people to know is if they're intrigued at the, about this at all, if they're, if they feel like they're paying themselves last and paying themselves with whatever's left over. If something's left over, you're, you're basically providing step-by-step -step tools to turn that around. And you've been there, right? You come out of corporate, you had the coffee shop, you've been there. So you totally get it. Um, so that's awesome. And I do thank you for, 
sharing your story and sharing your time and sharing your report and all of the things, because I know there's a lot of information to be gleaned there. So thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thanks for, for having me, Erin. And I'm, I'm glad we have like so many friends in common. I know. <laughs> this is yeah. awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I truly enjoy bringing these stories of success and inspiration to you. Please join us in our mission to empower entrepreneurs to be in charge of their businesses and in charge of their lives by sharing this with anyone you know who would benefit from our tactical and motivating advice, leaving us a review, and letting us know if there are any particular topics you would really appreciate hearing about. See you next time.